0: With breaking news and political commentary from a public servant, serial entrepreneur, community leader, philanthropist, and American patriot, and a darn nice guy, it's time for the Grassroots Truthcast and your host,
1: Gene Valentino. Hi, everybody. Gene Valentino, and welcome to another edition of our Grassroots Truthcasts. You know, we are witnessing the largest U.S. intelligence failure in American history. And it starts, we're seeing it nationwide on several fronts, but we're also seeing it exacerbated at our southern border. I wanted to do a deep dive today on the southern border. The southern border as it relates to the encroachment of an impact on our national security, on our governance as a nation, our health and safety and welfare as a nation, from a drug point of view, and from the incursion of bad actors coming in over the border. What better person to have with me today is Jason Jones. He's a border intelligence expert. He comes to us with internationally renowned border intelligence experience. He's also been a keynote speaker at many events. He can give out his website in a few, and direct you to some of some of the other things he's doing, he's got decades of experience in saving lives across the southwest border of the United States, primarily Texas. Jason's extensive experience at the border leaves him ideally placed to educate communities and government agencies about the ongoing threat of the unsecured borders and the transition national crime that's going on. That's a big one for me. Jason, welcome to our show.
0: Well, oh, Gene, thanks for having me and it's good to be with you.
1: Yeah, let's let's do a deep dive on some of the things I just mentioned in the introduction, right after this two-minute segment that Jason put together for us. <laughs>
0: to show you know the American people what's really happening at that border but more importantly too how what's happening there directly impacts them and their families. One of the problems that Republicans and Democrats alike have had for decades is that we look at that border through the lens of immigration only and what I'm really trying to do is illuminate the crimes against the state and against our country mm-hmm. and what's happening to our citizens. Last night the guide left them and so they just kept on walking and laid up here. How much did they pay? ocho americano. 8,000. 8,000 to be abandoned three days in? Yes. Is that pretty normal where smugglers just abandon them like this in the desert? Yes, sir. Even after they paid all their fees, all their money, they just leave them out here? All the time. We've been embedded with the men and women of the Pinal County Sheriff's Office. We came to uncover the devastating impact of the Sinaloa Cartel here but also the collateral damage to the rest of our nation. Chief, what's the major change in tactics you're seeing in this area? The big shift being over the last year from drugs to bodies as the main commodity. So they're getting more money smuggling humans than they are for anything else. If the United States government does not designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, I can tell you right now, all you have to do is look at what's happening in Mexico with the hyper-violence. It is coming to our country. When you talk about the cartels, we have to look at them for what they are. The United States government continues to attack the symptoms, drugs, weapons, human smuggling, human trafficking, and that's all important. But there's one thing that's responsible, and it is the Mexican cartels, and we have not taken them on.
1: Welcome back, Jason. We have a lot to talk about. I have dozens of questions, but before I dive into a specific area, is there anything you'd like to headline on your presentation before we get into it?
0: You know, really, the the point of that was really to illuminate that what we're seeing today is something that we've never seen at our nation's borders. You know, we think of that border through the lens of immigration. And everything I'm about is trying to illuminate the national security and public safety threats to the American people. Because for too long, the immigration issue has masked the national security and public safety threats So, you know, look, quite frankly, Americans in every state in this nation are now feeling.
1: You know, we just watched uh, on your video a, a true impact of, of what your role was getting out into the arid desert areas of the Southwest and actually watching some of these uh, coyotes and groups come over. And I watched in the video how they were left stranded for thousands of dollars in the middle of nowhere. How is it you found them? Uh, let me speak specifically to the video first. Yeah, sure.
0: They here. Here's what's happening out there. What The area you were talking about is called Alpine, Texas. Absolutely some of the most beautiful country on our southwest border. Of all the places I go, Gene, that's my favorite. But what I do that's different is I embed with law enforcement for a week at a time. we really get to see what they're going through. But one of the common tactics is that smugglers will charge anywhere from $8,000 to $15,000 to hike these migrants into the mountains. And then while they're sleeping at night, two to three days into the mountains, they abandon them. They just leave them out there. And then what happens because that area is so big, they really walk in these gigantic circles. And most of those that we end up, you think you're going after there to apprehend
1: someone, but what it really turns into gene are rescues. Wow. And you really touched on what I think is the root cause of this. Pro, I hate that term, <laughs> but I, I know you touched, don't. On, you touched <laughs> on the root. The root cause of the problem is these Mexican cartels and who they're targeting, yeah. and the total disregard for the human condition and humanity, the use of the human person as a commodity in trafficking. I, I, I'm confused which came first is was it the money for the fentanyl that they're bringing over and that seems to now taking a, a back seat to the uh, commodity of the human body trafficking humans yeah. for uh, immoral illegal unjust purpose
0: right well, it's well said and then not only that we have to remember the federal government united states intelligence agencies and the department of defense are doing virtually nothing to stop it i broke this story in February of 2021, the Cartel de Gaulle, also known as CDG, was putting wristbands on men, women, and children. And if you would have told me that in 2023, we'd be where we are, and that millions of people would have crossed through their area and be in debt bondage to these savages, I would have never believed it, that our government would allow this. And yet they have And I'll give you a great example, Jeannie. I've got these right here. These are the wristbands. I held these up before Congress two months ago. And I said, what you are witnessing is America's new slave trade, because that's exactly what this is. You see, the question you asked, you know, which came first, human smuggling, human trafficking, where was this? Well, a lot of people are not familiar with what the difference is, because the trafficking world to us in the United States is a new phenomenon. You know, we didn't even have trafficking laws on the law books in Texas until 2001 at the national level. I believe it was 2004 so. What is human smuggling? Human smuggling is where a person takes a person says, hey, for a for a price, I'll move you from point A to point B. And at the end of point B, that negotiation is over. Okay. in the world of human trafficking, most Americans are familiar with commercial sex. Right. And then you have two other forms of you have forced labor and what's called debt bondage. What I'm holding is debt bondage. Now, what is this? Let me let me explain. Just as Border Patrol were having difficulties keeping up with the amount of people that were flowing into the United States, so were the cartels in 2001 based on the policies of the administration. As Secretary Mayorkas filed exemption after exemption for unaccompanied children, for family units, for single persons, and then country after country after country, it began driving and causing the sucking effect of people all over the world. So the cartels, realizing that everyone that crosses through their area be charged which they had traditionally always done they just never cared about it so much and they said hey you know what we can do we can charge these people tremendously if you're if you're a mexican citizen twenty five hundred dollars just across the river gene if you're central american three thousand if you are chinese five thousand if you're russian or middle eastern nine thousand dollars we have to remember these people don't have the that kind of money most americans don't have that kind of money so what you're witnessing here is a process and if you notice. This has, has a bear, a polar bear. That's a smuggling, organ, an alien smuggling organization working under Cartel de gaffo Now it says Entraga for arrivals. And it's got some, some prints here for, for a polar bear. And then it's got a number. I don't know if that's clear or not. Can you see that number? Is that in focus?
1: I can. Yeah, 1417. Okay, one th-
0: that's assigned to a migrant. And it goes in a CDG database that they agree to make a payment to that cartel for years, if not decades to come. Then they go into a stash house. Now they give up all their PII data. That's personal identifying information. Another thing most Americans are not told is they all cross with cell phones. That's another thing you rarely hear about. And so they take, the cartel takes all their information from the country of origin and where they're going in the USA, create an agreement and then you get a wristband. And then once you get that wristband, you're passed from one stash house to the next stash house to the next stash house. Finally, when you cross the river, where they tell you to, or on a raft. In South Texas specifically, they usually put you on rafts because of the the water level, and most migrants can't swim. As soon as they hit U.S. soil, they break those wristbands, and you may have seen that in in that video. And then from there, DHS and their wisdom decided to spread this virus all across the United States. The cartels had always had the networks of working with Tier 1 gangs and U.S.-based street gangs to move narcotics, but they didn't have it for the trafficking of men, women, and children. So they emerged themselves in these groups, sent people all over, and they're the collection so that every two weeks or every month, depending upon whatever negotiation was made with each alien smuggling organization, they then bring that money back to Mexico. So think of where we are, Gene. We've never been here before. You're in this country considered legally, whether we agree with it or not, under DHS's current policies, but yet indebted to a criminal organization in a foreign country that really should be a terrorist organization. We've never been here before as a nation. And that's what the the policies of the Biden administration have brought us, along with a new crime wave that we are going to feel that's going to be much different across the nation than ever before.
1: Well, this is a, a historic first, Jason, and I fear we are adaptable or elastic enough to respond to this unique threat to America from, I'll call it, from within. Folks, we're talking to Jason Jones. He's a retired captain from the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. And he supervised human intelligence operations as well in multiple uh, nations. Uh, Jason has led investigations targeting the Mexi- Mexican cartels and built programs that collaborated closely with the United States intelligence community to help save lives, lives here and lives in Mexico through, and throughout the United States. So we're pretty proud to have you with us here Jason a few more questions if you mind uh the uh, where you're at with that video you sh- you you showed seems to be ground zero it seems to be the main pipeline for what's coming through but it's not limited to just two or three passes or three areas or four areas yeah. and texas it's pervasive is it not not to mention arizona new mexico over to california each with different appetites and desires of mitigating this problem
0: yeah it's very true you know every cartel that has operational control of their territory which borders up to our border determines what and how commodities illicit or legal are moved in and out of uh, mexico and so depending upon where you travel along our southern border with Mexico determines how much you pay, how you're transported and the environment usually dictates that. And you'll see that, you know, if you're in Arizona, the the way they'll smuggle you across could be much different than the way it'll be in South Texas for example. Yeah.
1: Jason, what's their end game? Is it just money or is it is there something more here I'm missing? Power the mexican
0: cartels today represent and i say this all the time the most significant national security and public safety threat to the american people and the data gene validates it what has happened that the united states intelligence agencies haven't told you and told the country which is why i was so frustrated in 2016 i was a captain in the texas rangers border security operations center i was an intel captain in intel and counterterrorism but the ranger chief asked me to manage his border program because of my relationships with the U.S. intelligence agencies. And what was happening in Mexico was absolutely incredible. I mean, we were seeing major gun battles taking place with 50 caliber belt fed machine gun, 40 millimeter grenades, RPGs, light, light anti-tank weapons. We were seeing this adjustment from organized crime in 06 into an insurgency when that wave of violence sent as the cartels Truly began fighting back against the Mexican government, who was then targeting them, and then in 2010, we saw because of what the Los Zetas cartel, one of the most hyperviolent cartels in Mexico, brought to the frontera specifically, was that adjustment into terrorism as they began conducting mass murders of migrants and Mexican citizens and I worked a lot of these. you know, think of the 72 migrants killed in San Fernando, brutally killed only to try to get the Mexican government to go after Cartel de Gafo, the Zetas did that. The 300 men, women, and children of Allende killed, chopped into pieces, and then burned to, to, under what they call guiso, because the cartels have a saying, and that is that you can't count a body that doesn't exist, so they cook you to ash. And then the final form that we see them today is truly a parallel government. And if you look at what happened with video Guzman uh, in 2019, when he was apprehended and then forced The president of Mexico, Amlo Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, was forced to release him back to his brother Ivan and his other brothers because otherwise they would start decapitating people they had taken hostage. It shows you the strength, scope, and power of these cartels. And this is why I went public. I went public for a purpose, one, to eliminate their operations, but two, to get them designated as foreign terrorist organizations. Because I will tell you this, Gene, if you wonder where this ends, all you have to do is look at the hyper violence in Mexico because it is coming here.
1: Well, you said where does it end? I'd like to know who's pulling the strings of these cartels and why. What's, I mean, I understand the power and influence of the cartels, which Trump had mitigated pretty well during his term of office, at least through the Mexican government to some degree, but. I'm more concerned about, is this something grander in a bigger deep state scheme that's more international in scope? Well it, it, are the cartels getting support outside outside from outside the country? because clearly many coming over are from outside Mexico and Guatemala and the, what I would call the Central American countries.
0: Well, see, this is part of it, right? We in the West, we especially here in the United States, we still look at the cartels as what? Uh, just a bunch of drug traffickers, right? Yeah. That's how most Americans look at them. Drug trafficking is something they do. It's not what they are anymore. That game shifted a long time ago. The problem is that Americans weren't told. When I tell you that Sinaloa cartels in 54 countries around the world, it makes you think things a little differently. When I tell you that cartel Jalisco New Generation, the most hyperviolent cartel today in Mexico, is in 48 nations around the country, I mean, around the world. The game has shifted. The problem here is, once again, the United States intelligence agencies completely missed it and have completely failed the American people. Look, I'll give you a great example that validates what I'm talking about here. You and I remember when we had the epidemic of crack cocaine hit this country in the 80s. My God, it was on every channel in this country all the time. Even at the height of that in the late 80s, we were only looking at about 10,000 overdose per year. According to CDC right now, from April of 22 to April of 23, we're at 111,355. And most of those are poisonings from fentanyl. This is its absolutely incredible what's happened. So these cartels have truly evolved tremendously. And they are working with state actors like China and many non-state actors like Middle East terrorist organizations. And they have been. You know, I can tell you that the FARC, which has been a designated foreign terrorist organization up until here recently down in Colombia, they've been working with the FARC for many years. The first car bomb we had in is in 2010, the trip device for that, the triggering device, was from the FARC. It was their tradecraft. So the problem here is that we have to have the ability to reach the American people to explain what has taken place and what the federal law enforcement agencies and the u.s intelligence agencies and what i call really the homeland
1: security enterprise has not told the american people so we can get this fixed. and and in your opinion what is it that they have not told the american people that
0: evolution that i just briefed you on and okay. how they have truly corrupted the highest levels of the mexican government weaponized fentanyl and are working with state actors middle east terrorist organizations and other terrorist organizations all over the world and their strength and scope is far far beyond a law enforcement model and i can tell you that as somebody that was working with u.s intelligence intelligence agencies to send critical intelligence to samar which is basically the mexicans elite forces in mexico the mexican marines to go after the leadership of these cartels and target them
1: you you got the intelligence you reported it to the right people you may have even suggested an action response plan. Good so no far. Act, no,
0: no suggestion. Far beyond uh, suggestion. I mean, we you, got them, and you, we rescued a lot of
1: people. You did, and no doubt. Oh yeah. Well, the thing that's concerning me—hold the drug issue aside for a second—is the trafficking of trafficking of children uh, is especially concerning. Uh, how many have been kidnapped and brought here, and why? Do you have any sense in comparison to the overall migration? Uh, we
0: have no idea. The numbers are so tremendous. What we do know is how many unaccompanied alien children have been hit in the Southern border only because U S customs and border protection are required to keep the data when they, when they come across them. But the data is very skewed. You know, you can have a 30 year old who decides he has got no identification, but he knows that you'll have to let him in. So he claims he's an unaccompanied alien children, but yet he's got a beard. This yeah. happens all the time. I mean, if the American public, knew the lies that they have been told by the United States Customs and Border Protection executive leadership. Some of the people who I know very closely and I've known for many, many years, I, I will tell you, they're gonna be stunned. You know, look, here's the great thing you learn when you get older. And that is that, you know, all truth is revealed through the natural course of time. The truth is gonna come out. And when the American people find out just how broken things have been at your Southwest border and all anything they are doing on the border is about processing, that's it. Your border is wide open
1: America. Well, I have no I,
0: problem telling you and going down there and showing it to you. That's exactly why I do it.
1: Well, as a Texan, I know you're down there. I, I, I'm proud of you for standing up for what you can have you. contributed to protect that southern border. I'm just having so much trouble understanding why it's gotten this far along. Uh, so these kids coming through that are being trafficked in, let me focus on that a second. Mm-hmm. Who's the customer? Who's the consumer of this trafficking?
0: Well, it doesn't come in one way like that. It's a multitude of things. So let me give you just one example. Okay. You've got a, a mom and a dad who are already here. Their children have been living with family in Mexico. So they pay a smuggler to bring them across. Now you get that child who's an unaccompanied child who shows up to, at the border. The smuggler doesn't, doesn't acknowledge that they're with the child. There's your one. There's just one example. Now let me give you some others. One that I was personally involved in, a Honduran girl, seven years of age. Crosses with a piece of paper in her pocket. Her mother hands her off in Honduras to smugglers. And she is passed from one smuggling organization all the way up into Miguel Aleman, the most hyperviolet area along the southwest border. Crosses in Roma, Texas. And just as her mom told her, as soon as she sees a green shirt, make sure to show them this piece of paper. Pulls out the piece of paper and it says her, her little name and a phone number to call so that they can find family in Dallas, Texas. That is taking place every single day, but you don't know what's legit and what isn't legit. I mean, I'll give you another one here. I'll give you another. I mean, I could just do with these one-offs back to back. A good yeah, friend go of mine found another little girl, another Honduran girl. He's coming around. He's coming around the corner in Roma, Texas, uh, chasing a group. As he comes around the corner, he sees a man place this child in the middle of the street. You know why? Because he knows that child will slow down the vehicle. Luckily, my my good friend, who's an agent, didn't hit that little girl, stopped Right next to her, jumps out, grabs the little girl, rescues her, and everybody runs away and gets away. He, they knew that they that, that agent would stop for that child. Nobody comes back to claim her. He goes to the station. He's been with this little girl now for hours. All of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. It's a woman. She's got a piece of paper with a with a name and date of birth claiming that that little girl is her niece. Now there's no way to prove this. It's just a piece of paper. But that meets the policy a border patrol. And every time he go to hand the little girl over to the woman, the w- little girl would start screaming and crying. She didn't know this woman. He knew it. And he starts yelling at this woman. You don't know this child. What's this child's name? The lady only kept referring to the paper. This, I mean, look, get ready for these stories. When this stuff comes out, and it's going to, it's all going to come out. But that's how we see a lot of it taking place down there. And then from there, what happens to these kids, Gene? They go from border patrol they go to health and human services from health and human services. They're shipped throughout the country, wherever they think they can find their so-called family and do everything they can to validate it. But just as you, you know, just as they've admitted now, you know, they're missing over 80,000 kids. They can't validate. And why is that? Well, I'll tell you why, because no agency and no multitude of agencies were ever created to take on 3.2 million people just this year alone. No agency was created in the last three years to take on 9.5 million when you include the Godaway data. This is where we are in the last three years. I want all your viewers to understand. We've had 9.5 million encounters that we know of, including Godaways that we, that we know about the number. Think of that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's beyond comprehension. You mentioned some names you wouldn't mention, Alejandro Mayorkas, and then we have one I'm more fond of, Mr. Tom Holman. Former police officer mm. who moved up the rank into the Trump administration. Great man. Yeah, do you know Great Mr. Man. Holman?
0: I work with Tom every single day. He and I are a part of Border Nine One One, along with some of the best in the country. Victor Avila, former ICE agent, Derek Maltz, DEA retired special operations division, Mark Morgan, Rodney Scott, Sarah Carter. We've all come together as Border Nine One One to try to do everything we can to illuminate this this crime wave. That is impacting this country.
1: Well, I, it, it, it's so. It's to me, it's an act of war, because you cannot affect life and so many human lives and sit there passively, thinking, "Oh, it's just an encroachment on our immigration rules at the border." It's more than that. It, it's moved to more something more hostile. You have, and and here's the real question for you, since you're up close and personal with it. How many of those migrants sitting in that group paying 8,000 bucks to come over the line? How many, in your opinion, were dangerous versus how many, in your opinion, were legitimately looking, innocently looking for sanctuary?
0: Well, I will tell you that most are economic migrants based on the policy. When our government tells them they can come and they can stay, they're going to come and they're going to stay. And that's exactly what our government did. I mean, that's the truth of it through the exemptions filed by Secretary Mayorkas. And a great example of that is in July, he filed exemptions for Hondurans. And guess what came? 10,000 that month. (laughs) And and then it doubled the next month. So look, what's the the, problem here is we don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't know the answer to the question you asked. There is no way to know it because if you understood how they vet people, they don't. All they do is go through and they run them through NCIC, TCIC, and that's it. People don't realize it. What, let me ask you, what database in Somalia do you run a guy that says his name is John Doe? What <laughs> yeah. database in Uzbekistan do you run when he says, my name is John Doe? Or what database do you – I mean, so this narrative that the American people are told about, oh, no, we're properly vetting, every Border Patrol leadership knows they're not proper vetting. They know it. How many of them are standing up and telling the American people? And I'll give you another example. You know, People tell me all the time, You know, Jason, we've got a real – Political policy failure here. It's so much bigger than that, Gene. We've got a major leadership failure here right. on so many fronts. Where you know we've got eighteen thousand law enforcement agencies in this country. I, I'm a retired law enforcement officer. I can name five guys on one hand who are on who are police chiefs, commissioners, directors, and standing on the national stage almost day after day, week after week, etc. Where is everybody to tell the American people the truth? They've become so scared of their own shadow because of what media has done to police in this country. They're refusing to stand up and be open and honest. I, look, I, I know this threat very well. And I can tell you as somebody that's been stationed on your border in El Paso, an undercover narcotics agent in Brownsville, Texas, buying dope from these animals, and somebody who was a Lieutenant in Laredo as the war broke out between CDG and C, C, the La Zetas. And then as a captain in headquarters, managing programs all the way down to South America, get ready folks. You got some uh, classic.
1: Yep, you've got a some classic. I'm, I'm I'm happy. You bre- folks, we're with Jason Jones. He's an expert on border on the border invasion issues, the intelligence related to it, the issue of the migrants. The he worked he worked with Tom Holman, assistant director of homeland Homeland Security of the border. And there's 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 a lot of other good guys who feel the way you do, Jason. But my question is. What do you do about their boss like a Mayorkas? How can you guys, can you just hang in there until we get another administration to give you the encouragement and the um, confidence to proceed forward more boldly with a a response and response techniques to not only seal the border, but then deal with the 12 plus million that have come over over the years to me is is just obscene how do you manage that crisis in your own mind as an individual what what is your role right now by the way my my role right
0: now is very simple i'm I'm a newsmax national border correspondent my job right now is very easy to me it's illuminate it to eliminate it if i show the american people the tactics that these cartels use how they have operational control of your border how they work with tier one gangs u.s based street gangs alien smuggling organizations, the cartels, and then how they work with long haul smugglers globally and show that synergy. That's what I'm doing every day. That's why I embed with law enforcement. But make no doubt, we are in a survive to 25 model right now. And one thing I want everyone to understand is that what we can't do is look at the border through the lens of a 2016 solution. I hear all the time, you know, Jason, we're going to get that border wall built. That's great. In 2024, we are in a different model right now things have changed and yeah, we have wait to a look minute at now. It that what do, way. what do you
1: mean by a different model that's an important point many still want to go forward with the model but don't you think it's part and parcel of a bigger response now
0: oh it's a much more smaller part and parcel because yeah. the, the truth is we have got to have a border wall but if you think that's going to fix our problems no, right. you're looking yeah. at you're looking now at one of the largest mass deportations in american history You are looking at having to absolutely get the foreign terrorism designation to crush the cartels. We are in a totally new world with 111,355 dead in just one year. Now, look, if, if anyone is watching and you think for a second that we can continue what we have done and hope for a different result, I want to be very open and honest with you. These cartels do not care about you. They do not care about your family. They don't care if a city disappears tomorrow in the United States. They could care less. All they care to do is move anyone into this country and just charge more money. If they know they've got a terrorist cell, I want I want everyone to hear me here. All they were going to do is charge them more money. That's it. That's all they're going to do. They don't. If they knew tomorrow they're going to destroy Dallas, Texas, they're going to charge that group more money to be moved into the U.S. That's it. They're not telling anyone. This is where we are with Mexican cartels.
1: Folks, we're talking to Jason Jones, an internationally renowned, bo- renowned uh, border intelligence expert. Also, a good keynote speaker. You can tell by the way he's presenting himself today. Uh, Jason, before we break, throw out your uh, website where people can contact you directly.
0: Sure. You can find me at JasonJones.com. That's J-A-E-S-O-N Jones.com.
1: And Jason has a lot of, and you have a, a, an ability to communicate with him through that website and also pick up more information on what's really going on. Jason, let's take a a, a quick break. We're going to come back for another 20 minutes after. And I have a few more questions for you, just to give you a sense of what's coming. Any idea on the percentage of migrants that are Christian versus, or Catholic or versus the Muslim or any other faith for that matter. Any insight on that? I'll have some more questions for you on the child trafficking component as it relates to the real fentanyl issue. More information with Jason Do- Jones when we return right after this. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of My Pillow. My passion has always been to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. Well, radio has helped MyPillow become the amazing company that it is today, and my employees and I want to thank you with some of the best discounts ever. Just go to mypillow.com right now and click on the radio podcast specials. There you're going to find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new 6-pack towel sets for only 29.98, bed sheets for as low as 24.98, and 50% off MyPillow 2.0. Hi folks, welcome back. We're with Jason Jones, an intelligence expert uh, and keynote speaker, working to save lives on our American border. Done a great job trying to provide help and assistance, not only to our border patrol people, but to providing Congress with information and data, which we're not getting through our folks under Mr. Mayorkas. Jason, welcome back. It's good to be with you, Gene. Tell me. What what's the issue with the Christian Catholic exposure versus the Muslim exposure coming in over the over the borderline? Do you have any sense? We have no idea, you know why? U.S. Why?
0: Customs and Border Protection don't tell you. They have all of it. They have all the data, but they don't release that data to the American government. Now, public. under Tom
1: under Tom Holman, you would have had that information. But Very he's, not, yeah. he's not in charge anymore. So who's blocking you from getting that information
0: well u.s customs and border protection they take all that information they got it under ofo which is the office of field operations those are the people at your ports of entry and then border patrol people who break into your country because remember despite what you're told anyone that crosses that border illegally between the ports of entry that's a violation of usc 1325 yeah and every person from their country of origin where they come from and their nationality is logged the problem is those people who come from a country with a terrorism nexus or those people who come from around the world? They just don't list that in their website so that we have access to it. And that's why, through a FOIA request, we just learned last month that 72,800, and I think it's like 33 or 35 people who come from a country with a terrorism nexus, we were able to learn about because they don't release it publicly.
1: I have a problem understanding why there is not a deep state perpetration of an ultimate deeper uh, a conspiracy against America. Something so obvious and so simple uh, that could be released to better manage the border isn't given to that data would be tools or help you in fashioning the right tools for the protection of the border. And you're denied access to that information. Don't you feel like there's something more egregious going on here that requires impeachment of senior officials?
0: You know, I I will tell you that what I've learned over the years, there's a whole array of issues going on. One is that you have leaders who just don't know any better. They're operating the way they did in 1980. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I mean, some of these policies, that's a policy issue, by the way. That could be changed that fast. You don't have to call anyone. You don't have to get congress you don't have to get the senate the commissioner of cbp the border patrol chief they could change that right now right now but you've got such a lack of leadership in these agencies especially at the federal level you know i'm, I'm a big believer in transparency because you know these people want more money for more funding well you know you don't have to sell the border gene uh, I, I don't have to sell it I, I really don't people are so interested in what is happening at their border and how it impacts them and their families you know I, I mean our ratings are through the roof but i will tell you the getting to the american people is the hardest part here so look i'm a big Wait a minute, well, I, don't, I don't um, jason, i don't understand
1: it jason i don't understand that why mm-hmm. why would it be difficult to get to the american people
0: because most of the media doesn't tell you what's really taking place and look if you're in the north most well, people in the north the have, question, have no why, idea they have no why is idea that? what's going on down here. Why well, is that? Again, let me that's, beg a, the question. that's another another issue when it comes to the media. Look, I, I'm working the media now, and here's what I've learned. The investigative reporters that you and I once knew from the old days, that's gone. It's over, man. Like, I mean, let it go. It's it's a two-minute thing. Now, I'm down on that border. And, you know, what? before I retired, Gene, I used, to, I used to think to myself, my God, how are they getting it so wrong? Well, I know now. There's no money in these organizations. Yeah, they pay a lot for those anchors that you see, you know, at 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock at night. But these young journalists that come down, they're given enough money to just make it to the border. They're, they send them down with one camera person who makes about 750 bucks a day. That camera guy, he sets it up on a tripod. They look for some people who run across the border. They run over, they stick a microphone in their face. They get them and they get a grid story. And that's the story you're told. The sad story about what this migrant went through. And I'm not taking away from that as a story. But that doesn't peel back the layer of how the Halcon network communicates on two-way handheld encrypted radios 30 miles into the United States, communicating back to Sintraal. Opening up the gates to to send migrants by design at that one location, draw in all of law enforcement, local, state, and federal, so that they can move fentanyl runners, high values, and everyone else upriver and downriver. You see, these cartel members don't walk around with the "born to lose" tattoo stamped on their forehead. These people have their shit together. They go through local, I mean, go through basic, intermediate, advanced training. These enforcers are no joke. When I tell you they're playing on two-way handheld encrypted radios. That's about as much as I can tell you because it is the lifeblood of these cartels. The American public would be stunned at how how they operate and with what level of efficiency. So you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now to try to get this out to the American people. Somebody that worked it, that lived it, and targeted these people to understand that this immigration layer has been the great masker. For the national security failures and the public safety threats that the american people feel in our communities so there's a low there's so when you ask me that question you have to understand there are multiple layers to the media failure there are multiple layers to the law enforcement failure and the reporting of this you know we're talking transnational crime here right now right everything you and i've talked about yeah do you know that the uniform crime reporting system that we've had in place since 1934 ended in 2021 never captured transnational crime so for 30 plus years you've had all of us in the south screaming we've got problems we've got problems and in the north they say we hear you but we don't see it what i learned oh they'll see it they weren't they weren't lying either what's happened now though let me tell you what's happened now though in the north what i recognize because i travel this country every week gene in the north they feel it through overdoses And the South, we have felt it mostly through human smuggling and human trafficking. Now what's taking place is what I call the Great Convergence, meaning that now the overdose poisonings that you felt in the North, we now feel in the South. And in the North, because of this mass migration being sent all across the country, the North now feels what we've been feeling in the South. And they're saying, oh, my God, we've got problems. And we're in the South saying, no shit. We've been telling you that. And what did we break it down to? We broke it down to a left issue and a right issue, not a broken problem issue. And that's what has failed the American people.
1: Well, speaking of failed, when it comes to the media, which you mentioned a minute ago, uh, most of us don't know what the fact or the fiction is. There's internet rumors out there now that children are being trafficked to be tortured to death only for the purpose of capturing the chemical concentration of their blood that's it it, that's generated under stress that that is in the blood and that's being used and injected into the wealthy to slow down aging now if that isn't a cockamamie crazy extreme example but but what's fact and what's fiction if you're denying i can't
0: I can tell you that I can't validate that. Now, I've heard those same stories. I've heard that a lot of that takes place over in other parts of the world, but I can't validate that in Mexico. Now, I can validate, you know, some organ harvesting, very streamlined cases that we knew about, but the truth is they have a real problem with organ harvesting within the cartel, so that's not a big issue as, you know, you're going to hear as well in the future. I've looked into all this stuff before I retired when we were working programs. Look, I had people – sitting at very high levels right next to the cartel bosses. We knew what they were going to do before they did it. And we did that because we wanted to see how Texas was going to be impacted by their operations. And mostly we don't see those sort of things. But look, I I will tell you right now, the cartels don't care about people. To them, people are a commodity. And that's the real hard thing, I think, for people in the north who have not worked down here to understand. People, you know, in Mexico, let me give you a great example. There's something that I think uh, a lot of the, the viewers have to understand. In Mexico, the cartels are responsible for over 340,000 Mexican citizens' deaths that we can capture in data. Now, that's wrong. Anyone that tells you about data from Mexico on on deaths, you know how they count the numbers is incorrect. But at least that's the data that we have, Gene. So that's since 2007 to today. And then you got to add another layer in there, which I talked a little bit about earlier, about the 110,000 who are missing. When you see missing in Mexico… Most of that is guiso, meaning that the the bodies that they cook that you heard me talk about down to ash that are never coming home. So you can add another 110 to that number that I gave you. So Mexican citizens, where I'm going with this, have been hit much harder than we have in the United States. There's also a massive drug problem in Mexico, but you don't hear about it. Why is that? Because if you're a journalist in Mexico and you talk too much, you're going to get killed.
1: Jason, in the next three minutes we have left, in your... In your perfect world, what would you like to see happen in the next few years, next six months? What's what's your mission? What are you going after?
0: My mission, 100%, is if you want to stop the human smuggling, human trafficking, weapons trafficking, drug trafficking, money laundering, extortions, and all the bad things that you and I have talked about for the last hour, you're going to have to go after the source of the problem, and that is these cartels. You can You can keep attacking the symptoms of the problem domestically. But you will continue to fail the problem is mexico the problem is these cartels and once we get the terrorism designation it's going to allow us to remove them from our country with speed in the system remember our system domestically moves very slow by design gene all yeah. americans want that under our fourth amendment when the, when our government targets us we want them to cross every t and dot every i That's But right. when you're dealing with transnational crime what you've not been told is how fast it moves And then you're dealing with international boundaries. So the laws really begin to break down by getting the terrorism designation. Most of them are here on visas. I can revoke their visa, get them back into Mexico. Second, you hear this term. I want to follow the conduct, follow the money investigations. Yeah, no shit. So does everyone else. But it's still an investigation. If we get the terrorism designation, I can go after their money real time. I can go after their assets real time, take everything from them as they have so many Americans. And then third and final, if you're a on the terrorism watch list you can't fly so we're limiting mobility globally and you can't get on ships do you see how do you see the importance behind this
1: yeah it's it's, a start it's It's,
0: it's, it's authorities that's what we need and once you start there then you're going to be looking at mass deportations build the border wall use the united states military to secure it reinstate the over the horizon approach the migration protection protocols. listen the immigration issue is the easiest of them all now the hardest part that we have as Americans to understand is the damage that has been done and getting these people who are here to hurt us out of our country very
1: rapidly, very quickly. Now, are you sure there's no higher uh, power behind the Mexican cartels worldwide, Russia, China, anyone else for that matter, the uh, jihad well, elements of Islam?
0: Well, so I love that question, and thank you for asking that. It's very important because in the West, what do we do? We put jihad in Islam here. We put the cartels here because of what happened to us when 9-11. From their perspective, the cartels are here and they're right because in their world, if you're coming through Mexico, everything goes through them. You want to try to beat them. There's nothing they can learn from Middle East terrorists. They've already working with special forces. They're working with you, at foreign intelligence agencies. You're, ne- you're going to get nothing from them. Are they are going to get nothing from them. So where I'm going with this, yes, they've been working with state actors like China for chemical precursors for many years. Another story you're not told, they're working with Pakistan, India, and Bangladesh to get chemical precursors. So they're far beyond just working with the Chinese alone.
1: Well, you have done a great job in this past hour of highlighting what you're doing at the border. Folks, we're with, we're with Jason Jones, an internationally renowned border intelligence expert. And keynote speaker. Go to his website. Jason, throw out the plug in a few seconds on your website and how people can contribute to your cause.
0: You bet. Uh, please go to jasonjones.com. That's J A E S O N Jones.com or go to Border 911, where you can see Tom Holman and all of us that I mentioned earlier. If you want to donate, please donate. That'll help us to do our operations and illuminate what's happening. Or you can buy some merchandise that will help. Anything that will help. But I will say this. And I want you I want to leave your viewers with this. Don't let anyone tell you that this is a fixable gene. Don't let anyone tell you that what's happened isn't some of the you know, I got to tell you, the national security threats that we are facing from this worries me every day. There's a reason that we work seven days a week trying to illuminate this. But I will end with this. And that is that for what these cartels have done to so many American families, for what they have done to so many Mexican families and people around the world. The world's best are coming for them, and we're going to build a unified command of the best of the best, and, we're, and they're
1: going to send them. And let me tell you, there's going to be nowhere in the world where they can hide for what they've done. Jason Jones, you're a patriot, and God bless you, brother. You have done a miraculous job at the border. I wish your word got out more pervasively over the years. We certainly see where the bottlenecks are these days, and regrettably, it's in the political arena now. I I personally will be working, looking to contribute and working with you and for you to help remedy this cause, at least until we get a better political environment in place to turn the tables literally overnight. You couldn't be around better people than Tom Holman and the like. Those guys, those guys are true patriots well, as well. And frankly, I don't know how they took so much crap for so long because they were working with an true. administration yeah. after Trump that just demoralized them, And I feel sorry for that. But uh, with the likes of folks like you, let's get our border back. And that's just the start in bringing back our democracy. Thank you again, Jason Jones, for joining us. I'm Gene Valentino. And thank you for another episode on the Grassroots Truthcast. See you soon.
0: Thanks for joining us for Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. And God bless America.